0: and ladies and gentlemen it's now time for your main event in this corner from parts unknown coming in at a combined weight of 532 pounds the j throne express and in this corner utilizing the free bird rules your tag team champions of the world at a combined weight of 832 pounds the Brothers in k And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Brothers in K-Fabe podcast. I am one of your brothers in K-Fabe, one of your three hosts. It's just the two of us once again. As Jimmy could not make it again today, we are, uh, you know, its it, life is happening all around us and it's been a busy, busy July uh, for all three of us, but uh, I am one of your hosts, El Gigante, Jake Keel, one of the brothers in kfabe and in the, vitru- the virtual, let me start that again, uh, brothers in Kfabe studio today. Mr. Rasslin, Landon Bumgarner, What's up, dude? What's up, Jake? Yeah, we miss Jimmy. Uh, we've
1: done a really good job of us, just individuals in our line of work, uh, staying busy through July. albeit a little busier uh, than maybe we want to or be, uh, but we will not take a week off. We will get to you guys some way, shape, or form. Uh, and so... I've missed Jimmy. Uh, I miss having him on here, but he will be back. Uh, last week, we went over your fantasy booking, yep. which was great for week two. I'm excited to see week two of Jimmy's uh, whenever he's back on it. But the cool thing is, uh, we were talking about this just before we went live, is it's great when it's the three of us, but also whenever it's just two of us, whether it's you and me or me and Jimmy or Jimmy and you, that we're able to kind of break off and do some deeper dives into the things. And so, yeah, it's great to be back. Uh, Shout out to all of you that sent mailbag Q&A questions and uh, proved that (laughs) when it comes to mailbags, you guys like to be the Triple H of burying young promising talent like jake and myself <laughs> uh so thank you for the mailbag golden shovel but hey you know q a's don't ever fly uh well it's cool send we, in those
0: questions <laughs>
1: we yeah we roll with the punches uh we could have been phony and just typed up questions ourselves and gone with that but we don't want to do that uh but we do have some things we're going to talk about today uh but Jake, have you gotten to watch any wrestling this past week?
0: I did. Um, as always, AEW. Um, I watched the first half of this week. Um Saw uh uh Cody versus Eddie Kingston. Dude, I mean Amanda watched that match with me on her break yesterday or er, yeah, yesterday. And uh whew. She, uh, she'd never seen a thumbtack spot before. (laughs) And, uh, those thumbtacks come out early and she was like, had her mouth covered and was like, this is intense. And, uh, she was like, see, she goes, this is where I don't get it. People call it fake, but you can't fake that. She, she's like, there's thumbtacks in his back right now. There's thumbtacks in his boots and everything like so she uh she was really getting into that. But um I just saw breaking news for AEW while we're talking about Cody. Um hashtag Cody Fears War Horse no no longer. Next week Cody is gonna fight Warhorse for the TNT ch titles. So that's uh mm. that was set up a couple weeks ago when Arn was like, What about that War Horse kid? you know? <laughs> but uh I'm still, I'm, I'm still really interested in all the debuts that are going on with AEW. They seem to be putting on the, uh, the best product right now. Um, I will say this, I haven't watched it yet, but Impact Wrestling has piqued my interest. And for those that know me, I've always been like a staunch hater of TNA and Impact, so. The times they are changing over here in studio, uh, J.K. So we might we might be talking a little bit of Impact next week if we get the chance.
1: I'll say I was blown away uh, by everything Impact did this week, both with Slamiversary and then even just their weekly TV uh, this week, and it blew my mind. uh, Because ever since I first found out about TNA, I jumped on. And I loved it, but TNA's had a lot of dark times. And it's like, TNA is the one thing. uh, And I feel horrible saying this because I'm a firm believer in the more wrestling companies there are, the better overall the business and quality of those products are. Because competition makes you work better. But there were so many times where I was like, will Impact just die already? because right. of how horribly it was mismanaged. The the people they pushed that they shouldn't have been pushing, and some of that, here we are, uh, now that a lot of stuff has come out to light, and realizing there's some people who shouldn't have been at top uh, because of poor choices that they've made, but also just like... uh and I hate saying this cause it makes me sound like a Mark saying it, but people who are marks for themselves and for the business being at the top and showing favoritism. And we see where that winds up and how it got to her instead of like, Oh, like, Hey, we're doing great. It's Oh no. Hey, the f- people that put us on the map, we have pushed them all the way. Um, uh, because we chose favoritism of other people over the ones that we needed and so it did my heart good because like for the past couple of years uh with some of the things impact's been stepping up with with moose and with like ken shamrock and some of those guys coming back it's just like there's not a lot like even RVD being back, Tommy Dreamer being back there's just I couldn't justify watching impact, right. but now they've given me a reason to justify watching it just because of the people we've seen so far and who's to say there's not more who are going to follow and so I'm super excited uh it'll be interesting to see how management goes. Uh, with the people that they have, because they have some key players that in the past for Impact have been their top stars, uh, but also some new faces that could carry it and get Impact into uh, the spotlight once again. So I'm I'm excited. Uh, I wish Jimmy was here to talk about this, uh, because for Jimmy getting into wrestling last year, and just, you know, with AEW starting up and NWA showing up, for him it was very exciting because it's like, what, like what's going to happen just in the business this week? As opposed to, hey, I wonder what's going to happen on Raw. It was, no, like, what is going to happen in the overall business? Uh, and this was one of those weeks, so it was good.
0: It It amazes me how the landscape of wrestling has changed this year. I mean, not only with COVID, but, like, me and Jimmy talked about it a couple weeks ago with the uh, coming forth or whatever. What what was the movement called a couple weeks where everybody started speaking, you know, their truths? and The hashtag speak out or speaking speak out. out. Speaking out. Um, it's amazing that that, like... That has basically killed wrestling in England. Like, is there even wrestling going on in England now? I don't, uh, not to my knowledge. Um, the n w NWA Power Show is basically canceled at this point. Um, which was some of my favorite. If y'all go listen to the uh, back episodes, that that was some of my favorite uh, wrestling going on at the beginning of the year, and I just I we didn't really get to hear what you, what you thought about the whole thing, but I mean, we kind of just did a little bit. Um, how how crazy is it to you that like, now Impact is starting to make, uh, for lack of a better word, an impact on the wrestling scene again when a year ago everyone was like, are they still going to even be in business? Like,
1: Right. So for me, it's... Like I'm honestly dumbfounded by it, because, like, I've just been waiting Impact to die, just because the fact that at their peak they had the opportunity to push WWE to do better, uh, and I don't know all the details, and I can't ever claim that I do because I'm not a part of that. I've never have been. Or will be, but just hearing talent speak out about mismanagement uh, with people running wrestling that should have been running wrestling and actively bearing those that want to do better, do the business better than do themselves better, if that makes sense. And I think WWE, uh, both the events and Triple H, uh, and AEW. With the Bucks and Cody, there's, it's just hard, uh, just in life in general, it's hard to be at the top and have power and not show favoritism to some degree. You right. can suppress it and hold it back. But it's like at the end of the day, I was, uh, explaining this yesterday. There's a difference between if a client owes you money and if a friend owes you money, because right. with a client, you're like, Hey, you have 30 days, uh, Just pay me back next month. Okay. With a friend, it's like, hey, just, you know, take the time. Which doesn't seem bad, but it can slowly grow to where even though you don't intentionally mean it, you're just accidentally showing favoritism. So for Impact, I'll say this. I am far more willing to sit through an episode of Impact than I am an episode of Raw, SmackDown or NXT at this point. Uh, I think overall, just in quarantine life, AEW is still doing the best as far as their presentation goes. Are there still segments that fall flat? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But as far as, like, when I watch WWE, even NXT, when I watch it, I feel like, there's some. it feels like it's incomplete because of the format that it's shot is still based so much off of the crowd. Yeah. And the crowd's not there and the NXT people who aren't allowed on TV uh, but are allowed to be in the crowd. Channing just doesn't... Versus like AEW, it's like they don't acknowledge that there's a crowd. They don't rely on it. They have enough creative elements into it to where you don't notice that the crowd is gone versus wwe it's like oh here's bailey and sasha wrestling somebody for 25 minutes and all i hear is just like the awkward like grunts and groans uh, during the match
0: right well i it bothers me uh the the way WWE is doing it bothers me because they're doing exactly what AEW is doing in the in that they're putting talent in the crowd, so to speak, and letting them, you know, be out there and, and cheer. But the difference between the two is the fact that <laughs> that... WWE is not letting the talent be themselves in the crowd. Like there are times I'll see Shotzi Blackheart in the crowd and she's going, this is awesome. <laughs> and instead of just being her character out in the crowd, whereas AW just has people that work for them, different wrestlers, different, you know, people out in the crowd and they're being themselves. They're, you know, of course MJF isn't going to cheer for any of the matches. He's just going to stare stare at his money and count his cash and be a heel in the in the crowd. Whereas Sonny Kiss is going to be over on the other side cheering and being a babyface, but also doing it as how his character would, not just some random person in the crowd. Right. So, I mean... I know we got off on a tangent as we usually do. (laughs) I'm just saying if Rick Boogs is in the crowd for Raw
1: and SmackDown and NXT and he's we've talked about it a lot on here, how charismatic he is. Why is he not like the most charismatic person in the crowd during all this? Right. It's just it's just one of those things like I don't understand. If WWE wanted to, like, they have the ability, if they wanted to, to, like, extinguish AEW's TV presence by just stepping up their, because it's one of those things, AEW's got a good budget for production, but WWE has always been known for having the best production overall, just in terms of quality and equipment. But it's like, they literally have all the resources to do anything, but they don't. I saw saw an interesting poll. I want to ask you, Jake. I saw this on Twitter this week. Do you think we will ever see a wrestling TV show get above 2 million views again? Because... AEW and NXT uh, continue to not be able to hit. I think that AEW's hit 1 million twice. Uh, Raw it blows my mind. I've been saying this since 2016 that Raw continues to break the record for lowest viewed episode of Raw ever each week. Uh, Smackdown was doing great on Fox, but The Performance Center shows are just sucking the life out of
0: them. Uh, So what do you think? It's going to be... So let's say tomorrow. Tomorrow we wake up and COVID is gone. I mean, this is a completely metaphorical place. COVID's going to be here for a long time. But we wake up tomorrow and COVID is gone. Um, It's going to be at least five to six years before I see WWE gaining that traction that it had with SmackDown again because, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe once we're able to have crowds again, people will be right back into it. But I think the performance center shows have soured a lot of people off of the product. Right. And, and, it's not grabbing the casual fan. There's going to be the diehards like us which I don't even watch it every week, but the diehards like us that are going to watch their show that they like every week. Um, you know, there's still people watching The Walking Dead and I would swear that show is dead. But um I I'm going to say I'm going to say no to that question because it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot of work for either company to break that number. And how long has it been since they've broken a number like that? Since what?
1: I know. Early I don't 2000s? have the numbers in front of me. But whenever SmackDown went to Fox, uh, I think they, I want to say, they may have even done a four that debut episode. Then they did a high three the next week with the draft. And then it quickly dropped off. Uh, But then they also had to do the stuff where they moved to FS1, which lost some momentum. But during quarantine, I don't think either show has come close to a two. Which, to put that into perspective, once again, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. I think Impact's highest number was a 3.6, maybe a 3.8 and at the time WWE was still getting high fours uh low fives at the peak of impact and to see that and that was considered down uh to where you had high sixes through eights in the attitude era like at the very peak of nitro and raw to where a lot of a lot of attitude fans would say that it started to die during the ruthless aggression era
0: and it did for for a little bit i mean
1: which it's like losing half your audience is still huge but you have to think
0: you with
1: all tv you don't get that high of numbers whatever your format is unless you have mass media crossover appeal right there's a reason Sports continue to do as high as numbers as they do. Well, when they're around, uh, because like that's something that crosses every barrier. Uh, and then every now and then you'll have like the mass TV shows where people, like the whole world, will get behind it and watch it. But you just don't see that. Like, how many shows, uh, how many, like, police or detective shows do you see just like get thrown up on ABC family or something that draw high numbers every time it's just like there's certain crossover things and I just don't think wrestling will ever have that star power again I would love to be proved wrong Uh me too but I don't see it to where we just have those household names anymore. As opposed it, to, you could, like, even today, you could say Stone Cold Steve Austin to a random person on the street, and there's a good chance they know that name. Or Hulk Hogan. uh, The Rock. Or The Rock, yeah. But if you were to go up to someone and say Roman Reigns, or do you say, hey, do you know who Cody is? Like, who? Right. Like, you have to be within the inner circle of professional wrestling to know those things. It's just kind of sad, and none of this has anything to do with what we were going to talk about today.
0: Well, I got one little thing to add on there, Go for it. which it's, it's funny that you brought up ratings because I've been listening to a new podcast called uh, The Oral History of The Office, and it's done by the guy who plays Kevin on the show, Brian Baumgarner. Nice. And... Not Bumgarner, but it's Bombgarner, you know. Um, but uh, he was talking about that first season. He was the guy that interpreted, interpret, interpreted the ratings to the rest of the cast because he was like the only one that really understood what they meant. And he said that first year they got ones, uh, pretty much across the board, and it 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 dropped. From episode to episode. And he goes, to put that into perspective, the lowest rated ER episode was a 17. So, ever. Like, Which is it never got below 17.
1: insane.
0: So, we're talking about, can wrestling ever make it back to a 2? The office was almost canceled because they were at a 1. So... It's it's just kind of crazy to compare, uh, you know, wrestling to these regular shows because wrestling is a TV show. It's not a it's not a wrestling. It's not it's sport, but it's not sport. You know, you can't judge it based on Major League Baseball.
1: Right. Because if you put the here's the dangerous thing, I and we could talk about this forever. The debate, of, well, is it pro wrestling or is it sports entertainment? For it to have mainstream appeal, it has to be sports entertainment Uh, because if you go with the strictly pure sport athletic endeavor, then the people who are anti-pro wrestling are going to be like, why would I watch that when it's fake when I can watch MMA instead? But then when you have the sports entertainment side, it's like... Dude, I remember like stone cold like driving a beer truck into the arena or I remember like DX spray painting the side of a skyscraper. Exactly. And it's like those that's what you need. Now, here's the thing, not to say you can't uh, have great storytelling and great matches at the same time. I <laughs> one of the <clears throat> the two most controversial people in pro wrestling, Jim Cornette and Vince Russo, uh, All right. and I heard a quote from Russo this week that I will stand by, and it says, you tell the stories that build to the match instead of having matches that build to the story. If that makes sense, because why do you want to watch, like, for the match to be worth watching, there has to be a reason to watch it. If it's like, hey, it doesn't matter who wins or loses this match, we're just doing it to fill time, then right. it doesn't matter what they do. But if it's like, hey, wins and losses matter, or, hey, the winner of this gets a title shot, or the winner of this will be dubbed the greatest wrestler in the world, <laughs> then you have reason to watch. And all, of, just the idea of moments over matches. Yeah. Because whenever... I'm just going to put you on the spot here. What's the first thing you get in your head when I say Hulk Hogan? Like, what's the first wrestling-related image that pops into your mind?
0: Him slamming Andre the Giant. There you go. You don't remember
1: the entire match. You don't remember Andre kind of leaning on the ropes the whole match.
0: It was a horrible match.
1: Right. In terms (laughs) of, like, if we're judging it off of athletic ability, it was horrible. But we remember the moment of him slamming Andre, what do you think? the
0: crowd going crazy.
1: Exactly. What do you think of when I say Stone Cold?
0: It's Stone Cold with the beer bath.
1: Exactly. Like, you think of him tearing the place up. You don't think, oh, well, let's look at the ringmaster uh, putting on a 15-minute match. Or you don't think of, well, how many times did he do a reversal to Owen Hart before he got caught in the right reverse tombstone it's just like that or just like it's great to remember matches yeah when there's a reason to like undertaker Shawn Michaels people remember because of what was on the line and because of the story of like hey this could be the best wrestling match ever because you have a guy who just has more talent in his pinky than most of modern generations do, and then you have a guy who's like the most respected and most revered, and so it's like you'll have that instead of like and i don't I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but when we think of the the Kenny omega Okada matches, there's not a particular moment. That sticks out in my mind. That's not do you to know say what I remember from that? that? They...
0: Go ahead. What I remember from that match, and I remember it being a phenomenal match, but I remember this. Whenever the Young Bucks were banging on the mat to the Terminator theme. That's what <laughs> I remember about that match. I, I, now that you say that, I do remember, I
1: remember him coming out in the Terminator gear and with the shotgun just thinking, Okay, like, I love this. Some <clears throat> major points. Uh, but that'll be the always, always the wrestling debate. Is it pro wrestling? Is it sports entertainment? Uh, if you're listening to this, let us know. Tweet us uh, in our Facebook group. Let us know. Do you think pro wrestling TV, whether it's Impact, AEW, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, do you think it'll ever get above a 2 in ratings ever again? Uh, And if so, why? Uh, But like we said, we didn't plan on talking about any of that uh, today. So, Jake, what did you want to talk about today?
0: Well, um, I'm going to end that conversation with the fact that Vince Russo said that he was hired to do a television show, not a wrestling show. So that really just says what, you know the Attitude Era was all about, but, um, no, uh, so this week is the stay at home San Diego Comic-Con, if we can really even call it San Diego Comic-Con, if it's stay at home, but it's SDCC week and for collectors like me and Landon and Jimmy to an extent, um, this is a huge week. For especially wrestling fans, because this is the week where we get to see kind of what all the wrestling toy companies are going to be doing for the rest of the year, um, pretty much usually until the next year. They don't really have a whole lot of reveals for the rest of the year, and me and Landon are huge wrestling figure marks, and to the point where I'm holding a Masters of the Universe uh, wrestling figure right now, The New Day, with the spinning head. You know, you can change it from Xavier Woods to Kofi Kingston to Big E. But um, we wanted to talk about wrestling figures a little bit. And uh, whenever we get Jimmy on here, we'll talk a little bit more about collecting as a whole. Um, But this time I want to, like, really hammer in on the wrestling figures. So, Landon, you're probably as big of a figure mark maybe even bigger than me uh what is your what what brought you into wrestling figures
1: so uh for me my earliest memory and i think i talked about it on episode one my earliest memory of wrestling figures is uh in the late 90s being babysat and I, for some reason, my mom had dropped me off at this lady's house with her kids. And I played with her kids. And I only remember going over there this one time. But when my, I guess my mama called and said she was on her way. So, uh, the lady and her kids, like we all went in her garage, she had a big empty open up garage and open up the door. And we just played in the garage until my mom pulled up. And I remember the older boy sitting there. Uh, and he had a Hollywood Hogan and maybe a Sting uh, WCW Toy Biz action figures, and he kept putting one guy on the table and holding the other one up above him and letting go, and he fell, and they broke through the table. And my (laughs) mind blew that he had a toy that was designed to fall apart. And I asked him if I could play with him, and he said no. Uh, fast forward to fourth grade, uh, two of my best friends, they, uh, their dad was a wrestling fan, had been pretty much his whole life and had gotten them into it young. And so this Christmas in fourth grade got them a ton of wrestling action figures for Christmas. And I went over there, uh, and we were excited to like show each other, like what toys we got for Christmas. And I'd gotten... I can't remember if this was the year. I want to say this was the year uh, that the toys for Peter Jackson's King Kong hit. And so I got like a two foot tall King Kong that I took over there to show off. Uh, <laughs> and they already had got, they got him as well for Christmas, but they had all these super jacked up dudes uh, that were designed to fight. And I loved Dragon Ball Z. And so it was like, whoa, these look like real life like Dragon Ball Z guys fighting. And they showed me they told me that they were wrestlers and uh they put in like some wrestling DVDs uh for me to watch with them. And so like for me, wrestling figures paved the way for me to get into wrestling itself. Right. Uh which shout out to Jax Pacific and WWE for the genius marketing campaign. By securing me for life. Uh, so that's those are my earliest memories. Jake, do you have any?
0: Well, my earliest with wrestling figures, I've always been a big toy mark. Um, I always had, like I remember specifically one year, my mother got me every single figure from the Bugs Life action figure line. Oh, I'm and so i jealous. still so jealous. I still have them somewhere. Um, you know, me and you were talking before I'm going through boxes in the, my parents barn. So they are in there somewhere, but, uh, you know, I always had, I had the complete Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, flip head figures, um, all the 12 or eight inch, whatever they were, 10 inch at figures too, that had like the karate chop action. Right. Um, I think even had the Megazord, but like. I've always been kind of a collector I used to collect uh diecast race cars um, all kinds of stuff like that but uh wrestling figures came about um, about four or five years after I became really became a wrestling fan like I had those early years where I was a wrestling fan but like I mean I wasn't really all the way in and then when I Got back into it in my late teens, early 20s. Um, was right around the time where I was on my own. And. I'd moved out of the house, you know, and stuff. And I went into Walmart one day. And this was in early 2010, which is a benchmark year for pro wrestling figures. And I bought my first three wrestling figures. They were one of the last lines of Jax figures. And it was a Shawn Michaels, a John Cena, and a Rey Mysterio. And for those of people that were in the know, whenever Jax lost the license, they got really lazy right there with those last few lines. So we're talking about like a John Cena that didn't have any detailing on it. It like, it had the wristbands and the armband, but they were just white with no detail on them.
1: The worst is, and I don't know if this is the one you had, there was a two pack of Shawn Michaels and Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, like the crotch piece is red. And then his legs are just gray because they didn't like, instead of having chaps on, he just has gray and red tights on.
0: So the Sean was a DX figure and was particularly lazy because um, it was Sean with the black uh, pants and just had a big long X on both legs. And that was it. That was the only detail on the figure. And then then we get to Rey Mysterio. So like Rey Mysterio is colorful, crazy, big, big you know, larger than life guy had two of his tattoos of which he has probably a hundred tattoos now had two of his tattoos had a white and black mask on and black pants with no detailing. Not even a 619 on the side of it. I don't know why I bought them, but like I was just drawn to them and then About a month later, Mattel hit. (laughs) And we all know where Mattel has gone from there. Go ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to say, I remember that vividly because I grew up with Jax and my roommate David. That's one of the things that we bonded over uh, in sixth grade. Uh, And I remember... Gosh, I... I remember... Watching with anticipating with anticipation for the drop and reveal of who was getting the rights to make action figures after Jax, and they announced that Mattel would have had it, which Mattel had been dropping some awesome DC superheroes <clears throat> for some time, and so mm-hmm. I remember like David and I, we couldn't drive, wondering like I wonder if his dad will take these two sixth grade boys to Target at midnight to get like we thought it was going to be this big big reveal like stores were going to stay up super late and (laughs) it ended up like no one in the world cared Uh, but I will say uh, it's interesting what collecting has become over the past even just the past 10 years of how the kind of the stigmatism and, like, the shame of it has been taken away. And I think a lot of it has to do with Funko and just how it's like, hey, why not have some kind of little memorabilia to represent the things you like? Whether it's a TV show, a movie, a game. Uh, <clears throat> in, in the wrestling world, uh, you have a lot of different types of collectors to where... Right. Uh, there's people that collect autograph stuff, there's belt collectors, there's people who collect, uh, action figures that collect t-shirts, that do trading cards, that do tapes, and things like this, but today, uh, uh, for the rest of the show, we're just gonna kind of focus in on action figure collecting, and just, uh, the different things, because I will say with wrestling, uh, figure collecting, it's very interesting, just, like, the satisfaction of it to where it's like, hey, here's an iconic moment that I can have right. set up forever on my bookcase or on my desk in my office or by my TV. But also, like, it's it's a good way to, I always think of it as, it's like having a cool statue, but you get to change up how the statue looks and right. rearrange it to where, like... Uh, it's like this if you have Batman and Superman, you always want them fighting, but hey, like, you know, one day maybe they're gonna fight together and take out Darkseid or take out Doomsday or something. Uh, and it's like, you know, maybe maybe this week I want Rock Hogan staring each other down, but the next week it's gonna be Rock Austin or it's gonna be Austin Hogan or it's gonna be Austin Cena. It's just, just a just a fun way. So Jake, I'm going to ask you kind of a a tricky question. So there within the figure community itself, there are people who have like rules for their collection. As far as like, "Oh, I collect one of everything" or "I collect just this era" or "just this person." Do you have any rules uh that you kind of follow for your collection?
0: So, I try to collect one of everybody. Um, If it is a flashback or, like, a legend, um, I try to get them on their first try. Um, Because, you know, how many times are they going to make the Road Warriors? Like, you know... Right. They don't really resonate with the kids anymore. You know how many times are they going to make Sergeant Slaughter? Mm-hmm. You know my first my first Mattel was a Steve Austin was the Legends one Steve Austin, and I did not buy another Steve Austin for three or four years. Whenever they finally came out with that defining moments one that had uh had the two belts or had the three belts, um had both the wing dingle and the big Eagle title. And then the, uh, um, smoking skull title. But I, if it's, if it's a current guy, I only buy one of them unless of course, it's like one of the people I really mark out for. So like I had every CM punk elite and, uh, basic like, and now I don't, I don't even really buy basics, but like, I had to have every single one of them. Um, But like, you know, I'm trying to think, I've got one elite Randy Orton. That's all I need because that dude never changes. So I guess it really has to depend on whether they change up their look a lot or if it's, um, you know, something that's a flashback or, you know, I tried to only get one, because like Undertaker, for the longest time you had one Undertaker figure. You had all of them; they mm-hmm. were the, he he didn't change. So you know you had the long, long, tight singlet Undertaker. You're good. Um, what what is your collecting rules, Landon?
1: So for the longest time, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm uh you you and Jimmy know uh what the purchase is i'm not going to publicly state it just cuz uh i don't know if certain parties would get on to me for it uh but i made a pretty big grown up purchase this week uh that yeah. will be revealed at a later time uh <clears throat> and with anticipation of that i've slowed collecting down quite a bit and during uh just having a lot of gigs canceled uh this right. year thanks to corona but for a while it was not necessarily one of every guy, uh, but one of people I liked. Yeah. So like when Gals and Anderson uh finally got ones, I was like, okay, I gotta have them. Uh when AJ got his uh tracking him down. Uh Matt Riddle just got just different people that I'm fans of just to be able to have in in the back of my mind, cause most of the, the reality is I only have a handful on display and most of them uh, I'll put in a baggie and put in a tote, uh, Same. which is like I'm sure if I talk to a financial advisor, they'd be like, well, like that's the reason you should get rid of it. But there's part of me that's also like if I have children in the future uh, to be like, hey, here's all of dad's toys, like enjoy them, yeah. Uh, treat him good or you're grounded. Uh, But also just this thing to where, like, in a perfect world, uh, having, like, a home office or home study set up, which in the Corona world looks like it's going to happen very soon, uh, (laughs) just to be like, hey, here's my, like, collection shelf with baseball cards, uh, Ninja Turtles, Dragon Ball Z, and wrestling, uh, and just stuff like that. I would say right now, it really has become more Hawkins and Ryder-based. I think I would like to try and get one of each of their releases. Uh, ECW, and if there's someone who hasn't had a figure uh, that I like and they get their first one, snagging them uh and with some of the reveals we've seen are just insanely good uh my most recent uh what, what's been your most recent purchase uh and i'll tell you mine
0: i literally just bought it today and it was the masters of the universe line uh wwe uh new day and What's cool about this line is it's the exact molds from whenever we were a kid. Those old, those masters of the universes from like the eighties and nineties, but they do WWE styles. And so like, this is the new day. And I don't say that as in like, this is a member of the new day. It literally has a spinning head action to where you can do all three head, all three members on this one figure and it's 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 really awesome but uh i i love that line so much right now what 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 is your uh most recent purchase this
1: goes to my insanity uh but my most recent purchase is uh and this is t- two or three weeks ago uh i bought a taz action figure uh just because i don't I have his ECW original one uh but I wanted a WWF one uh just to kind of have but also I bought not one not two but three uh Edgehead exclusives <laughs> I uh, knew it so if you don't know what that is so uh it's kind of like uh, that
0: New Day figure I was just talking about. Yeah, it's, all three it's, in it's one. basically
1: the same thing. So it's an action figure of Edge, uh, and he comes with a Kurt Hawkins head and a Zack Ryder head, so you can have the Edge heads. But since there's only one body and three heads, I had to buy three of them so I could have all three guys together. Uh, and so if you're looking for some Hawkins and Ryder and Edge head, uh, heads to make customs out of let me know uh and when those ship in august i'll hook some homies up with them i uh, might
0: need a couple i might need those uh hawk I w- a set of hawkins and Ryder heads
1: well i'll have two i'll have two complete sets uh so we can we can work out a deal but i'll say this uh my roommate david he collects uh to some degree he's got what i love is when people will pick either just their favorite wrestler or maybe yeah not even their favorite but one they just really like and they'll just collect a bunch of their stuff so david is a huge kane fan and he's got a good chunk of kane's figures uh from the attitude era like up until present day i think he's got he's got every <coughs> My bad. He's got every elite except uh, one of them. He's got a ton of jacks, uh, BCAs, Titantrons, uh, and Ruthless Aggression. But what I love is I saw a guy on maybe his Facebook. And he, now this isn't wrestling figure related, but he has a... Uh, what's his name? Fast and Furious. Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel. He's starting a Vin Diesel collection, and it's just <laughs> like the handful of movies he he's had that have had any kind of a figure release. And so I think there's like a couple Fast and Furious ones where it's like a one-inch or a two-inch figure that comes with a car and he's like i just like ben diesel he's a good actor and so i'm gonna get his figures and there's like a chronicles of riddick figure and it's just like why not
0: i'm sure there's a triple x uh figure out there somewhere
1: oh there's got to be but imagine if someone was like you know what i'm gonna start a patrick swayze action figure collection (laughs) And it's like, How great, would that be? Why not? And it's like attainable and you can knock it out fairly quickly. Uh, we also, while we're on this note, we want to hear, like, let us know if there's anything you collect. Show us pictures. Uh, there's people that do bobbleheads, there's people that, uh, They get them. There's so in the figure community. There's a very distinct line between mock collectors and loose collectors. Jake, would you mind explaining the difference?
0: Mock collectors are men on card collectors. They do not take them out of the box. They stare at them from afar, and uh, covet the best looking box and. My wife, to an extent, is a mint on card collector. She likes, she has a Princess Leia collection. And I want to say she is now eight figures from having every single Princess Leia figure that's ever been made. Um, That's just six inch and three, three and three quarter. I don't know if we've, she has the money to go too crazy, but um, they just released like, that vintage collection, um, six-inch figures for the Black Series, and we went to every Walmart in the OKC Metro to find the perfect box Princess Leia. Like, she was willing to pay more money if the box was perfect. So that explains, like, men on card people. Then there's guys like us where... Uh, to quote one of our favorite people, we like to let them breathe. And, uh, that we, the first thing I do when I get a figure is I rip that box open because I, I want it out. I want it displayed. I want to pose it. If it's got accessories, I want to use the accessories. Um, so like I, a toy is made to be cut, to be taken out of the package. I do have some stuff that is meant on card. But usually I already have it loose too. So, you know, it's, you know, that, that, that whole thing. So,
1: and there's like a, like some stuff, if the packaging is cool, it's worth keeping in, uh, like for instance, the Slim Jim Macho Man that came out last year to where it looks like a pop, like a box of Slim Jims, like. That's a good example of keeping it in the package. But then there's like some stuff to where it's like, man, like, uh, for instance, they dropped a new Edge figure, uh, which is based off of his Royal Rumble 2020 return. And so it's like right. that one is like, if I get that, I got to bust that open. And I got to like print off a picture of like, the number 21 to sit behind <laughs> it to like recreate that moment. And it's just like, there's, and there's neither one of them's right or wrong. Uh, Like I've got a Jeff Hardy that is autographed. So it's like, I'm not going to open that one up because that defeats the purpose of having an autograph. Oh yeah. But then I also, I have two random Kevin Nash's, Uh, boxed because Jimmy and I uh, rest in peace Oklahomania. Jimmy and I bought some Kevin Nash basics to go get signed uh, at Oklahomania, but then it exploded and died so it's like (laughs) cool Uh, I guess I'll just hold on to him if I ever find a way to meet Kevin Nash again Uh, but I am really curious to see what other people think about this because this is one of those things definitely like 10 years ago you people would not be open about it right uh but now uh with things like the toys that made us on netflix it's a little more acceptable and i i thought of this the other day you know how older men always have like model cars yeah like, they'll get all the nice model sports cars and they'll, like, have them set up in their office. It's like, this is just the modern equivalent. They're just exactly. not cars. And there's nothing wrong. Like, if cars are your things, go for it. But it's like, <clears throat> man, like, Dragon Ball Z, Ninja Turtles, and wrestling are my thing. So I'm going to have the three of them, like, chilling out. Uh, And it's like... Collecting is collecting, whether you collect sports memorabilia, if you collect Beanie Babies, if you collect like Barbie dolls or like porcelain dolls, if you collect, uh, trading cards or comic books or movie memorabilia or things like that, like whatever your thing is, like you have the freedom to have it and have it chilling at your place.
0: I want to ask you this, uh what is because i have two what is the prized like the prized member of your collection
1: Ooh, i gotta i gotta think about that um i think it would be are we talking just wrestling
0: memorabilia yeah let's just talk your wrestling figures as a wrestling podcast. Okay.
1: Um, I'm looking at these things right now. I would have to say uh, it would come down to either uh, the original ECW figures I have just because thanks to Dark Side of the Ring, uh, the New Jack episode, those figures have shot up so much to where originally this time last year, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start collecting them and just get one of every guy. And now I don't think, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do it because some guys are like 80 bucks a piece as opposed right. to the 10 I was spending. So either my ECW guys or my, so the major wrestling figure podcast that Kurt Hawkins and Zach Ryder uh, run, they made limited figures of themselves uh, that are in the He-Man, Masters of the Universe, uh, AWA Rimco style. And just based off of, like, rarity, I might have to lean towards those. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with those. Uh, maybe not the most sentimental things, but probably my most prized possession, if that makes I've sense. I've
0: got to get me a couple of those. I know they're getting ready to re- release a whole lot more of them, and I just want one set of them. I don't care which one it is to put with my masters of the universe figures. Cause I know that they're going to go just perfect together. But
1: I would also say, uh, cause I want to hear yours too. Uh, so just like out of like value, I would say it has to be one of those, but at a sentimentalness, I have a very beat up John Cena figure <clears throat> on display, which was my very first wrestling figure I ever bought. Uh, so Jake, what are your <laughs> most valued possessions?
0: um my most valued uh from my wrestling collection um one of them would be um i have the first legends uh macho man still mint on card and it's a figure i missed at retail and through luck i've gotten two of them since very cheap almost at retail price one was loose and i kind of had to put it all together because like the problem with the Mattel macho man figures is like the accessories are easily lost. So I had to track down like the shirt and I had to track down the bandana. Um, For some reason, it still had the, um, the uh, sunglasses, but the, Macho Man is my all-time favorite, as most of y'all know. So, like, having that legend, men on card, it was really awesome. And I was able to work out a trade for it. But uh, the other one was I walked into Vintage Stock about two years ago. I'm still so freaking
1: jealous about what you're about to say.
0: They were having a sale, and um, just Lucy sitting there in a Ziploc bag was the Ringside Collectibles... um, straight edge society c m punk with all the accessories minus eight he came with a uh, towel that went over his head. it didn't have the towel, but it had everything else and the reason this is such a big deal is it's um probably what a hundred hundred and fifty dollar figure even loose
1: <clears throat> yeah, like loose, but if you have that mock that's easily i'd say that's easily three to four. Uh, yeah. which is another thing. Sidebar: Wrestling collectibles have gone through the roof during quarantine because people are just at home burning money. Oh uh, yeah, on eBay. Those stimulus checks, bro. <laughs> so, like it's if you have any Hasbro figures uh, from the WWE line, so like the short, little stubby ones that have actions. Now is the time to sell them. Uh, like there's a one, two, three kid. Uh, it's come down a little bit, but like one week, one, two, three kid was going for over a thousand dollars mock.
0: Well, like this figure I was talking about, the CM Punk, it was supposed to be part of the baseline. I remember it being one of like the first Mattel figures that like got completely canceled for whatever reason. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, it was such a beautiful figure, because if y'all don't know. He, it's the only time that they made a masked CM Punk figure from whenever he got his head shaved. And it was such a big moment. We were talking about those moments earlier. It's one of those big moments that like just resonate. And Ringside got a hold of it and was like, no, we want to release this. And Mattel gave it to him. And it was one of those that like sold out so quick because when they released it was like right as the summer of punk happened, I believe. And he just got crazy popular. So to find it for $14 at a vintage stock, I was through the through the roof and it's, it hasn't moved in my collection, but uh, I feel like we need to talk some more about this whenever we get the chance, because this is, a fun topic to talk about
1: i think but next week we need to talk about it uh triple j should be back with us and i think we need to get his thoughts on it but i also think it'd be fun to have you guys kind of switch over and talk about physical media and like wrestling trading cards
0: and stuff like yeah. that dvds VHSs, all that um But yeah, for that, for, for today, I I think that pretty much wraps it up, uh, as far as this goes. I think, uh, I think I'm going to talk to Landon about possibly doing some figure hunting and, uh, film those for you guys to put up on like YouTube and such. But, uh, since we're such big marks, we need to, we need to go do that sometime. We need to go to Toy Base 10 and do a video from there. But, uh, for that uh, do you got anything to plug
1: Landon? As always if you're interested in any audio work whether that is mixing your music, uh, cleaning up the audio on your film projects or if you want to start a podcast hit me up at Landon Bumgarner on all social media and Landon Bumgarner at gmail.com. Uh, also in the Facebook group let us know do you think wrestling will ever get above a two on TV again? And do you collect any wrestling stuff? And if so, send us pictures, Jake.
0: Um, the uh, best movie ever podcast is coming back after a brief hiatus. Um, so get ready for that. Um, this podcast. Uh, contact me if you're wanting to start a start a podcast and have some help with the graphics and everything. Um, some of the social media work. Uh, you can contact me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I am about to return to uh, announcing as a racetrack announcer. I'm going to do a little bit of racetrack announcer. Um, but uh, that's really that's really all I got uh, this time. Just listen to the podcast, like, review you know subscribe get those numbers up for us guys so we can we can start adding to this podcast whenever we start bringing these numbers up and getting more reviews because it's just it, it just helps And you know every wrestling fan you fan friend that you have give them give them our name let them know like we want to we want to talk to you guys we want to have some of you on the show all that so um for that I think it's time to get some two sweets and get out of here what do you think lando I think that's just too sweet or as we should say too, too sweet, sweet for life